Nas is in the building. Nas is in the building. Nas is here. Nas is fucking, fucking the shit. No, okay, that's that's Meek Mill. Okay, Nas. Nas is here. Yo, straight out the fucking dungeons of rap where fake niggas don't make it back. Uh, I don't know how to start this shit. What's up? What's the intro? Let's go. Let's fucking go. This is the intro. Let's see if you can hear it. Can you hear that? Did you hear that? I I heard a. That's that's all I heard. That was a bottle top twisting off. You you want to hear you want to hear something opening? Here we go. What? Yeah. Oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that the champagne bottle? <laughs> That's fucking bottle prosecco, bro. Here we go. We are fucking with the bottle. We are fucking with the opening today, and we have sufficiently done it. Uh, I can guarantee you that mine is going to be worse. But you've got a nice bottle of prosecco. A thirteen dollar bottle of prosecco. Uh, what if I told you that I can guarantee that mine is worse? Oh fuck. Yeah, we are. We, we decided to get something cheap, but you know, I thought that this could be good. This, uh, this, this is looking like it was a nice six dollar purchase. Um, the the Seagram's Escape, everyone. Uh, oh, shit. okay, okay. Wow, oh, wait, wrong one. I always hit the wrong one. <laughs> it's a 3.2 malt beverage, weak as hell. But uh, I did not get it for the alcohol. I decided because I like tropical stuff. Pineapple yeah, and coconut good. Uh, you know, it's not that bad. You know, this was this was six dollars well spent. I, I dig it. I had two yesterday, and I'm ha- I'm having the first two today before the piss break because can I we, could, this is water. Can we? I'm already drunk, by the way. Can we start the show with the with the 21 gun salute to uh to uh our fallen anti comrade right now? Our fallen true American patriot, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, today has been ousted from the House of Representatives as the Speaker. This bozo was third in line to be president behind Joe Brandon, Brandon and Smith. Kamala Joe Brandon Harris. Smith. <laughs> yeah, Joey, Joey Brandon and Kamala. And now he is no longer. Let me get a 21 gun salute. He's finished, bitch. You're gone. You're gone. How so. fucking how fucking embarrassing, bro. How what you know, I was thinking about this in the middle of the day today. I'm like, you know, maybe my life has not been that great in the grand scheme of things. Maybe I haven't done all the things that I wanted to do and maybe, you know, the impact that I've left on the earth has not been anything that will get recorded in any sort of uh uh book or or you know anything important okay, at all shit. yeah we get it you're <laughs> thinking yeah. a bit much on this does that but then but then middle of the day middle of the day today about you know maybe i i swear this should happen sometime between three and four p.m central time uh you see kevin mccarthy under a vote to get ousted as speaker of the house and that shit succeeds because all the fucking Democrats are going to vote against him, except for the ones who are absent. And he has a, a, a sizable amount of Republicans who want to see his ass kicked out. Uh, that shit happens. And it's like, God damn, you know, as bad as my life might not be and as insignificant as I might be in the grand scheme of human, 
you know, uh, lives. At least I'm not Kevin McCarthy, this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Tied the record for like the most amount of rounds it took for a speaker to ever get elected in human in in American history. Sorry, and American history is human history for any of you who do not live in American. Uh, yeah, fuck. Uh, but for this guy to make it through all of that shit and finally become speaker, and then nine months in, nine fucking months in, I think, I, I think it's nine months. Uh, for this guy to be fucking booted out of the job as the first speaker of the house in American history to ever get kicked out of the fucking job. Who knows what fucking crackheads we've had in this job in the history of America. Uh, Who knows all the fucking terribly unpopular people. Nancy Pelosi. Did anybody ever come to Nancy Pelosi with this kind of shit? No, they didn't. And maybe, you know, I'm part I'll get into this later. It's because Democrats are cowards. But at the same time, for all that shit to happen, all these years of American history, all the turmoil that this country has gone through, for you to be the first speaker of the house who has ever been booted out of the fucking job, bro, your your whole your whole you know if you were a musician, it'd be like your whole discography is an embarrassment. For a politician, it's like your whole fucking life is an embarrassment. <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro! All you had to do. It's it's you know deeply divided country. Uh, we got radical people on prospectively both both ends of the spectrum, but you know the uh, the the Democrats who are the people who are in the Democratic Party who uh, might have more radical ideas. They they're fucking cowards. They're fucking absolutely cowards. All the squad, they're fucking cowards. All these progressives, they're fucking cowards. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I actually did find a list of the hateful eight. Uh, we are gonna we're gonna give them a like a I don't know if a shout out's <laughs> the right word. Yeah, we'll know. recognize them for this <laughs> act. Matt Gates of Florida, Eli Crane of Arizona, another Arizona, Andy Biggs, Ken Buck of Colorado, Tim Burchett of Tennessee, uh Bob Good of Virginia, Nancy Mace of South Carolina, and Matt Rosendale of Montana. Um when I think of states that do things very well. I think of Tennessee, Florida, and South Carolina, <laughs> and Montana, <laughs> and Arizona specifically. Um, so I will say also in in your rant, I, I looked up uh, the only female to be a part of this. You know, outstanding movement. Uh, you know, being a true maverick, as uh, the Republicans like to say at one point in history. Um, got Nancy Mace right here. Um, fucking stupid ass group me let me post the image Yo, i got would. yeah i got a picture of her up yeah. yeah of course yeah what? absolutely for sure for sure no doubts no doubts uh the picture that i have is not as good but her quote on it is today i voted for the motion to vacate and remove the speaker this isn't about left versus right this isn't about ideology this is about trust and keeping your word this is about making congress do its job which i mean i don't I know how much i buy things. into I, I agree with the first few parts of it. I don't know how much I agree with that last part because a lot of this is about uh, letting Congress not do its job because that's fucking, you know, a lot of this came out of McCarthy, uh, quote unquote, siding with the Democrats to keep the government open, to not yeah. close the government. And I, I don't have any uh, belief that Republicans, or at least the Republicans in the House, have any interest in actually doing their job 
as representatives. I don't think they really care about that at all. Maybe some of them do. And, you know, that's a very broad statement, but and maybe the person saying this, maybe Nancy Mace, she actually does have an interest in doing her job as a representative. But what I've seen over the past, uh, you know, since 2016, basically, which is when a lot of the crazier shit started happening. Um, these people don't want to actually do a job. They want to find every reason to not do that job. And that can be ideological on some level. Maybe you don't believe that Congress has a certain job to do. Maybe you think Congress is doing a job it shouldn't do. I don't know. And I would put all of that up to debate, honestly, because I think the role that the government is supposed to play should be be dependent on the people being governed you know governed sorry it's it's all consent of the governed uh but you know it's it's hard to deny that being in congress has certain perks you get a good salary you get a lot of days off like it's it's not you know the hardest job in the world you don't have to actually know especially if you're in the fucking house you don't have to actually know anything about how laws work you just kind of have to be a person that has enough support in your district it's not as serious as being a senator i'm sorry for any representatives in the house but like I mean, you guys not. are you know it's 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 a lower house and upper house kind of thing and there are reasons for that kind of division where i think even still in the fucking uk if you're rich you can basically buy a seat in the house of lords but like you know i don't i don't have faith that any of these people in the house are necessarily doing the things that we want them to do as american citizens and um i'm i can't take anybody's side over their fucking vote to uh oust mccarthy as speaker because again i find the whole fucking thing hilarious i think it's just hilarious yeah. that mccarthy dude he, there's there's a something i saw from the washington post earlier today which i i don't even have the fucking energy to find again right now about the young guns who was him paul oh ryan God. and some other fucking nobody who has been erased from the annals of history uh, and those were supposed to be the people who were going to take over the republican party but all of them fucking fizzled out and they all had prominent positions at one point but uh, none of them are important anymore. And McCarthy is just the biggest fucking joke in House history. I will say that on record. McCarthy is the biggest joke in House history because, again, this dude had to take forever to get the job and he still gets booted from it nine months later. Like, bro, fucking... That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I, think I think you're thinking of John Boehner. From John Boehner, yep. Yep, that's um, him. Yep, that's the last one. Yeah, they all just kind of lasted like four years or so. And then, well, except this guy, this clown uh, was in for nine months. He was in for about a pregnancy. And he, <laughs> he let's, let's, let's take a, let's take a flashback. Takes 15 times to get voted in because no one likes him. And then it took, um, and then what'd he do? Tried to impeach Joe Biden. That didn't work. He tried to, uh, he, he led some really terrible like proceedings and just kind of generally wasted time. He uh, he tried, he, what was it? The debt ceiling. That was a whole fucking terrible fiasco. I mean, I think the Republicans won out in that. But that's not a good thing, because none of the fucking shit in there is what I want. So get screwed. And then uh, this most recent thing. 
he uh, he caved to a deal on uh, that is unpopular. It is not popular with Republicans, um, mostly because I think it allows for more money to go to Ukraine. And um, it's part of it. Yeah. Now, uh, now he's been ousted for this. Um, yeah. Uh, rest in piss, Bozo. Fucking rest in piss, say. absolutely. Yeah, F- rest in piss, McCarthy, bro. Like, dude is a fucking joke. He's gonna be remembered in history as a fucking joke. Anytime, you know, as long as it takes for America to collapse, which could be fifty years, could be fucking two hundred years. Who knows how long? Everybody, fucking, you know, lefty ass people have been predicting it's gonna be it's gonna happen for like the past 30 years or the past 50 years they've been oh it's, it's just about to happen it's like okay well you know still here but the first the absolute first speaker in the history of congress to get ejected to get booted from his fucking job dude that's that's embarrassing man like that's so embarrassing think of how many embarrassing people there had to have been before the year 2023 man i don't i don't know how many speakers of the house there have been but to think that there hasn't been one worse than this in the history of america that's that's like a hard deal to sell to somebody, man, but for this to be the guy, bro, for this to be what you've been remembered for in history, every history book going forward, even if, you know, America lasts fucking 5,000 years, man, everybody's going to be like the first speaker to have ever been vacated in history <laughs> was Kevin McCarthy. You know, you're going to read about that every time. That's like, funny. your existence is a joke at that point. Like, you're a fucking punchline, dude. Like, I could not imagine being Kevin McCarthy, dude. His whole fucking life, this is probably what all of it has been leading up to, is him being Speaker of the House. And for that to be just invalidated nine months in, it's like, bro, your whole life is a fucking joke. You may as well just fucking slit your throat. Like, honestly, like, at least then you'll have some, some something memorable outside of you getting booted from the being the speaker of the house like, you gotta think this is messing them all up man because like you know he he passed on a he passed the deal and you know you, you gotta think like at first when he heard that there were rumblings that they would vote to uh you know remove him he was like yeah right that's the fucking joke and then for it to actually go through and then someone says no gee you're like you're fired you you've been fired uh <laughs> Now he's just going to go back to being a nameless rep, of which there are hundreds, literally, and I think the biggest clown in the in the circus. I think best case scenario is that you know maybe things turn out a lot differently, um, you know, fifteen twenty years from now. My my uh, opinion is that I think at some point not too distant future like say next 20 years the the democrats are going to continue to win more and more large-scale elections because the general policies of the conservatives are not popular with most of the people and and i think that zoomers are kind of stupid they are gonna keep uh biting the carrot on the dangling stick from the democrats and the Republicans are going to keep saying voter fraud. And I really 
aside from that, like, I really don't know what changes. I think the Democrats are just going to keep doing more unpopular things because they know that their opponents are even less popular. And at some point, it will just become like, why would you vote Republican? Like, they don't do anything but better. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, no, know. I mean. I don't get it. The, the Republicans do not have good policies. I don't know why. Why? Why? Well, you know, part of it is just the Electoral College, because the, over the past, at least uh, at least since Bill Clinton has been president, uh, the Republicans have won the popular vote exactly once. And that was the second W term. Let's let's move on from politics, though, because I'm, I know I'm, you had a volleyball game. I'm going to level with you. Uh, I've already finished both Seagram's Calypso Coladas that I had. <laughs> um, I'm gonna need like I'm gonna need like just just a minute. And a half. Maybe you, as a listener, you disagree with us. If you disagree with us, then you should email weeklydrivebyshow at gmail.com. No hyphens, no spaces, none of that. If you want us I to think about your half. thoughts. My thoughts? Sure, go for it. Um, my thoughts are that, uh, uh, bro, I fucking suck at volleyball. I wish I was better. I fucking <laughs> let my teammate down today. No, John, John, I feel really bad because we were going up against the team that was number one. And, uh, so as I had said over, over text, uh, it's like 50 degrees outside. It's been raining all day and all last night. Um, it's also been, uh, you know, it, it's, kind of windy honestly was not even windy today um but it but the the court was like clay kind of like wet cement um you know kind of mushy but you know it was pretty nice honestly overall um so we come out you know first game we're just gonna let it roll let it ride uh we're probably up like 10 to 6 10 to 5 and from then on it's just a slow loss of, uh, of 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 the ground and we we just end up losing the first set 19 to 21 again oh. we did it the second week in a row and it's all my fucking fault because i probably had like seven ish things that just went awry off of my hands um so i kind of you know i there are things that i just for whatever reason today, the mentality for me was not there. My teammate, the first game, honestly, he was playing MVP level. I can only think of like two things that uh, that he was doing that that like he lost a point for us that we otherwise would have had, and that's really really low because like over the course of a volleyball game, you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. Um, and I fucking wish that I played better. The biggest thing was that for whatever reason. So if you take your two hands and you just have them out and then you you marry your fingers and like marry the thumbs in and you have your fingers pointing away from you. If you just have that formation, for whatever reason, when the ball was coming right to me, I thought that doing this and like hitting the ball with it, like with a little bit of force 
would allow the ball to go wherever I wanted it to on the other side. I don't think it did it once, like even hit the zip code that I wanted. Um, (laughs) It would always just go haywire, typically off to the right and out. And I, I just, I just, I did a couple mental mistakes, like set over when you set it and then set it over the net. Um, That's illegal. That's a loss of point. And from that set, we just, from that first set we lost, I was, I was so upset because I'm like, I know that I'm just, I'm just fucking up. I'm just doing dumb shit that I otherwise would never do. And yeah, the other team um, is a, was a, was a couple, was a, was a guy and girl couple uh, pairing. Uh, The girl is pretty good at volleyball. She's not super fast, but she's pretty technically well. And the guy is like in fucking really lean, really lean mode shape. And uh, he's pretty good at volleyball. Like, his his serve was so short it was pretty short like pretty consistently short that it would hit the top of the net with enough frequency that you think it's on purpose and i told him that after the game i'm like bro you cannot tell me that you're not doing this on purpose um <laughs> but sometimes it hits the top of the net and goes back you like it it's a fail serve but he does it with enough frequency that you're just like, this is bullshit. So eventually I was planning for it and I got a couple of them that tipped the net and then came to me, but it just bumped in the wrong direction. So the second game, I think we lost 13 to 21, but man, the first game that we played this year, we lost like fucking four to 21 and six to 21. So we are obviously not sucky shit anymore. And that's pretty cool. And I think I like two V twos. Um, seems like now the, the tournament's over, uh, and it's just going to be like Thursday afternoons playing four on four until there's a lot of snow on the ground, but we had a lot of fun and I think, uh, I was pretty happy with, you know, how we eventually went on. He, the, the things that he did, like he would, uh, like he'd bump it, I'd set it and then he'd try to just hit it somewhere. Cause like, lol, we're not spiking. We're not that good. Uh, he would run into the net. Stop being a coward, bro. Stop being a coward. Go spike it, bro. Uh, Set it. You you fucking set that shit. Have John going over and and fucking spike that shit, bro. So I'd set it, but I set it too close to the net where John would like run into the net, and that's also a a loss of point. (laughs) He did that three times, I think, and it like all 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 time was me. No, like, he actually did it right one time, but it's because he had to catch on that I was setting it so fucking close to the net, and um, yeah, I it was still my fault, and I take the blame for those. Um, Yeah, overall, um, it was fun. I'm glad, and uh, it was a fun it was a fun time, but we lost, and uh, the other team did pretty well. I don't think they even played their best game, but we were really uh we were doing well. I just fucking suck. I wish I did better. That's that's all I have to say. It was not Story very eventful. Like I it was the only thing that was better was that it, since it was clay instead of loose sand, I didn't get a bunch of sand in my ass crack this time. So showering was pretty nice cuz it was just all over my feet and my legs and uh it was kind of like stuck to my legs in that it was clay, so it didn't break apart as easily. Yeah, that was that was nice, but you know, Thursday's afternoon, 
I was also thinking on, on the drive back, I'm like, bro, why the fuck am I, am I playing volleyball on Tuesdays and we have this show? The whole reason we have this show on Tuesdays is because I had volley or no softball on Mondays. And I haven't played softball in fucking months. <laughs> we did. I mean, well, we also we also scheduled it for Tuesdays because RYM charts are supposed to update on Tuesdays, but Sharifi doesn't give a fuck about that. So he'll update it on Wednesday sometimes. It's like, what the fuck, bro? Like. Yeah, fucking pick, pick, organize your goddamn website, man. So My subscription this, expired. Good, good. Don't give Sharifi any more of your fucking money, money, bro. This dude's a fucking clown, dude. Like, do not contribute to Sharifi uh, not organizing his website, bro. Only site left on the internet where you have to manually resubscribe after your subscription ends. That's like, that's a good this thing. This guy though, even want it is a good thing, but does this guy even want money? Sharifi. He does. No, I mean most of their money is supposed to come through like integration with uh other established websites. Like I, I bet they think they're gonna be getting so much money through Spotify or something like they that. They have more mobile ads now. Maybe no, you know what? That's because my subscription ended. That's why I don't that's why I now that's see more probably, mobile ads. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh fucking do you have a topic that you want to hit Can on? Can I yeah, yeah. I mean I like I said I um I'm, I'm I'm drunk right now, but uh, it's because uh, I don't know if I mentioned on the show. I think I've mentioned on the show where uh, my department was going to change a little bit from I've been in the finance department at the job that I've been working at for the past year and a half. And uh, it's I, I mean, I've been doing some good work for them. Like they, they don't want to see me leave that department or at least my manager doesn't want to see me leave that department. But uh it's definitely been like kind of not my thing in my opinion um i think i fit in elsewhere a little bit better and uh it's been kind of worked into where i'm going to be moving to um i moved out of the finance department and this just got told to me today by the way so this is absolutely weekly drive-by exclusive they wanted to move me out of the finance department and into the operations department, which they're still building out. And it makes more sense for a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. Like I'm definitely more in an operations role than I am in a finance role, but it's just because it's a very small company and they haven't known exactly what to do with certain people. It's a good thing for me. And it's why I'm very happy tonight because uh, how it was pitched to me, today is that it's going to come with a good raise and uh that's you know it's been more towards like i've i've been there for a certain amount of time and i haven't left and i've been thinking about leaving and i'm sure i'm absolutely sure they know i've been thinking about leaving because for a couple of months my resume was public on indeed for a while when i didn't mean to make it public (laughs) Uh, they just do it whenever you whenever you add a new resume to indeed they'll automatically make it public unless you go back and specify that you want it to be private. So I'm 99.9% sure that they saw me looking for a new job and were like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Okay, no, we don't want to lose that guy. Um, So things worked out good there. Uh, I'm moving to a department where I might be able to start working remotely uh, because my new manager lives in Arizona. But I had a performance review today between 
my current manager and my future manager. And uh, it, it was a good review. I think it was better than I deserved, honestly. Like, <laughs> you take those. There's some you shit. take those. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my my year-end performance, my manager just said, yeah, you have less than a year. It really doesn't matter this year. But next year, bro, the way his tone inflected, that was the carrot on a stick so bad. But, uh, but yeah, man, yeah. if you have less than a year, then they're just like, okay, you're here. Great. The new guy at work, apparently, he's in, in our group. He's apparently incredibly socially awkward, and he narrates all of his thoughts at his desk, and he chews on peanut butter, and he chews with his mouth open, and he yeah, like you gotta sloshes. Not be that guy. You gotta, he sloshes the peanut butter around in his mouth to where it sounds like it's a cow, like like slurping on stuff. <laughs> This is all I've been told secondhand. I've been told this secondhand. And uh, he he also, like, farts at his desk. And there's the person that has told me all this secondhand said he's afraid to, like, ask someone else uh, because he doesn't want to become, like, come off as an asshole. But it's really, really upsetting him. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> That's the only I mean, like, interesting thing. That's the only interesting thing going on in my job right now. <laughs> I've been told our chemistry on the team is 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 perfect except for this guy. And yeah. Yeah, it's uh that that kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. So you know, I got to now now while we're on this, I've got a big ass predicament. Okay. And I don't think it's that much of a predicament. But uh so this Saturday is a slow dive concert in Salt Lake City. It is uh the gate the doors open at seven and the 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 list the posted starting time is eight. And uh-huh. uh they have an opener and they have um so so my uh my manager put on a uh a, an event, a, a meeting on everyone's calendar and it says barbecue weekend barbecue uh 5 30 to 8 p.m and this manager's uh house is about like an hour away from from salt lake city um and the people that i kind of want to see like would want to go to a barbecue are going to be there but i i i think i want to go to this concert because like i'm gonna start i'm gonna probably see them like every day at some point in the next couple weeks but you know, it's like, come on, why do you got to do this? For, why do you got to fucking schedule the stupid-ass barbecue on the night of slow dive kind of fucking piece of shit? Seriously, like, I, the fact that I'm even thinking about, like, you know, going to the barbecue for the first hour and then leaving, like, no, you don't do that, really? Like, you, you, you just you don't can. go. We can... This is the first time in a weekly drive-by history that I've been adamant about this. But like, I gotta take the piss break right now, bro. I gotta do it's it. Right fucking now. fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to this topic as soon as we get back on the show. Bye-bye.
I got an 8 bit fucking song stuck in my head. And, uh, I'm not sure he's gonna know. What's up? What am I not gonna know? I have an 8 bit song stuck in my head, and I wish I, I wish I had better music stuck in my head. That's what I, mean, I was that's saying. Life. That's pretty boring. That's life, dude. Sometimes I wish I had better music stuck in my head. I hear a song in my like head, and I'm like, this is not the song for right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. You get more appropriate song. Uh, yeah. Guess what? Guess what? What's up? Guess What's what? Up? This is the fucking weak-ass uh, step from the Walmart section that was like less than $2, but not the dollar store, because I don't think okay. this shit is going to be able to be sold to the dollar store, because I think it costs more than a dollar for the suppliers. This is... I've I've done the I've done the Tetris I've done the Spyro I've done the PewDiePie we did we're talking about G Fuel today and the new G oh Fuel, you're a fucking gamer okay the all new right you're a gamer, gamer now Fuel that I have lit, sipped on today was the last one in the little uh, in the little like slot section at Walmart which is like ten cans deep so someone is buying a shit ton of this uh drink and I'm talking talking about the bluest thing the whole the, the make your mouth blue we're i'm talking, talking of nancy mace's eyes that's nancy what we're talking mace's about eyes. right now we're talking about mega man the mega man <laughs> drink <laughs> the mega man blue bomber slushy um this is the bluest of blue raspberry drinks 16 ounces 300 milligrams of caffeine it did give me restless leg syndrome later that night despite taking an <laughs> hour to sip on this thing and guess what this it's just okay this pretty, it's pretty okay. good All like right. i well. mean this is like a this is like a solid seven out of ten i i dig it it's very blue raspberry the the flavor is very potent very strong it's best for sipping not for gulping uh i got no real complaints you know, I just saw this. I was at the Walmart, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm not making it to the dollar store because sips are the only reason I go to the dollar store, and it's in a very American infrastructure poorly placed place. You know, dollar store they they buy the cheapest land that you possibly could, so it's hard to actually get to the dollar store. You have to drive through two different stupid little roads, and uh, then bam, you got the dollar store. And it's just it's just inconvenient to get to. So I can get to the Walmart without going on any major streets. And that's just what it was this week. And uh, Mega Man, Blue Bomber, Blue Bomber Slushy. You know, that's a good name. I like, you know, do you, do you like Mega Man? Do you, what do you think I about think Mega Man? Mega Man, I remember watching Mega Man early in my in my history. Uh, I think a Mega Man energy drink is is like solid. I think G Fuel though is just it's such a shitty brand, man. Like it's I, a really bad brand. <laughs> I can't justify anything that they're doing because most of what they're doing is to try and take like you know video game characters or or fans or whatever and and transmute that into an energy drink where it's like. I would be I would be great with a Mega Man energy drink that especially if it was named Blue Bomber Slushy because that's like it's it's 
perfect. It's the perfect setup. It's the perfect setup. But for G Fuel to be doing that, it's like, uh, I don't, I don't have strong. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not. You know, Nostradamus would say like this is gonna be like a five out of ten. You know what I mean? Yeah, Nostradamus would have been right. <laughs> like I think, I think Nostradamus one of the few would, times would taste this and be like, nah. Bro, seriously, <laughs> Mega Man, fucking blue slush. This does just taste like the blue raspberry icy slush syrup that they pour into those machines at the That's movie theaters. Like you have the blue ras, and then you have the cherry, and the, yeah. the, the, the and the, the coke. They have the coke, and I was gonna say they also have the icy white one. Like I don't remember what that one is, but it's white, and uh, that's that's like the secret flavor that they have if you go to a cool theater um, yeah. that has more than two flavors. But but anyway, is there one more topic you want to get into before we uh, we get to the music? Uh, I'll talk about Ringleader first because I've watched this documentary twice actually. I'm going to take you back to the beginning really quick. Years ago, there was a documentary that came out called The Bling Ring, and it was directed by Sofia Coppola, and it starred Worst Emma, so I didn't pay any attention to it whatsoever. But it was about this group of teenagers who had robbed celebrities, basically. And there have been takes from all those celebrities as to what actually happened over the past decade or so. But the person who was the alleged mastermind behind all of it, her name is Rachel Lee. Uh, she had not given any interviews. She had not talked to the press at all until this very recent HBO documentary. So... I thought this would be an interesting thing to watch. Not, you know, I don't I don't care about the crimes committed really, but it was just something where it's like this person hasn't given an interview in like a decade and a half or whatever. So what does she actually have to say about it? So to get people a little bit more familiar with the bling ring, uh, this was, like I said, a group of young young people who were in their late teens to early 20s maybe, um, who had found addresses of celebrities off of like some sort of Google search, but had also confirmed that those addresses would be empty at certain times based on social media posts. So a lot of people say this is like the first big social media crime because they would see something from, you know, maybe Paris Hilton in December of 2009 or whatever, saying like, oh, I'm going to like Jamaica or whatever right now. And then they would know like, okay, that house is going to be empty during this time that she's saying that she's going to be gone. Uh, I have some thoughts about this documentary, man. I have some thoughts. And in part, I think this is like the inverse to the BS High documentary where Roy Johnson is an absolute complete sociopath and i have no drive to give him any kind of sympathy or anything at all uh but rachel lee the supposed mastermind of the bling ring um one okay yes she is very cute so like that's going to influence my opinions on her overall i'm not going to deny that uh but at the same time i don't think she seems like a crazy person she started out her story basically starts off 
when she's going to Calabasas High School, and uh, she she had money, but she didn't have like an amazing amount of money. Of money, sorry. Uh, that's kind of what you get out of that. Um, but you know, she's a Korean girl who goes to a high school full of mostly white people and she doesn't have as much money as some of those people have. So it becomes a big sense of insecurity. So she meets somebody named Nick Prugo who, when she got kicked out of Calabasas high school for trying to like steal somebody's Uggs, basically, uh, she meets this guy who he is basically like passed out for being drunk at school and uh, he gets an ambulance called on him and uh, he has these certain problems and because of that uh, they kind of end up trauma bonding really where neither of them feel like they are where they're supposed to be and some of it comes from her being like a non-white person in an atmosphere that would have noticed that and and like knocked her down a few pegs because of that. And for him, it was because he was not necessarily a straight person. Uh, they never say if he's like gay or bi or whatever. I don't think you really need to because you can kind of tell based on like video from him at the time that like he wouldn't have fit in with the certain description of what you were supposed to be in the early 2000s uh so they kind of bond over that and they realize that uh or really it's he realizes nick prugo realizes that like all these celebrity addresses are hosted online in a place that's easy for them to find so they figure out a way to rob these celebrities um there's you know, records of them stealing more than $2 million from Paris Hilton, uh, about $500,000 from Orlando Bloom. And, you know, there's a bunch of different things on top of that. And, uh, okay, like they raid Paris Hilton's jewelry drawer. Like, okay, like, fuck, I'm, I'm not mad about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, uh, she's got so much more, like, you know, whatever. And they, they kind of address that in documentary where Rachel uh, talks about, you know, the bigger thing is not the material consequences of what came from that, but it's their peace of mind where they have to deal with all these things in the media and whatnot. And to have somebody violate their personal space like that, it made them feel very, uh, you know, insecure about that. I understand that completely. And I think, it did kind of make me take a second look like the documentary as a whole made me take a second look about these people who maybe I considered as having everything. Well, like the one thing they don't have is privacy. So if there are these people invading that privacy, like that can absolutely fuck with you psychoactively, you know, like you can have these arguments about how they invited that onto themselves as like part of the price of being famous or whatever. But like, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Like I wouldn't want anyone to feel like they can't go home and let all those boundaries down. Like that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. So there's a lot of that coming into it. Um, 
I'm looking at my notes right now because I've watched this documentary a couple of times. The first time I was absolutely really high and I have taken a lot of notes on there that are like kind of bullshit. And the second time I was very drunk and I don't know <laughs> if any of that can be trusted either. But uh, there are some really bad artistic decisions in this documentary, especially early on. Uh, there are some flips to like a sort of a lo-fi standard definition that looked like some sort of Instagram filter when they're interviewing Rachel Lee. And I think that's completely unnecessary. I don't know why they did that. It's extremely distracting. It's, you know, on a, on a filmmaker level, that's like almost an auto minus one star. It's an interesting retrospect on mid-2000s culture where you have things like cribs happening and you have these people like, Displaying, yeah yeah you have all these ostentatious displays of wealth but at the same time you have reality tv happening where people are going to like these cafes or restaurants that normal people quote unquote normal people would like regularly go to and making these you know destinations out of it where it's it's just an odd mix there's a part where the documentary kind of like cuts her off when she's talking about something. And I thought that was pretty immature. Uh, but they do talk about a robbery of Paris Hilton, which I thought was pretty funny, where they found a bunch of cocaine at her oh, residence geez. and they stole that and they just did not sleep that night, apparently. <laughs> Dude, like, what are they going to do, though? Oh, call the cops? Yeah, right. Right, right. Like, yeah, this is the interesting part for me when they're really talking to Rachel Lee about like, why did you do all this stuff? Because she talks about feeling uncomfortable with it at certain points. And, you know, that this whole process of like stealing from celebrities and like finding their addresses and going up to that and dealing with the fact that they might have cameras on those residences and, uh, fighting through all that. Um, the way she described it to me sounded, and this is where I, really differentiated it from somebody like Roy Johnson from the BSI documentary uh, where that person is just doing it because it's their own psychopathy. Uh, for her, I really got this exact feeling of like, this is addiction. Like this She's is doing it for fun. Not just, no, not even just for fun, but because it fulfills some, some, some psychological need where it's not, it's not for her ego, you know? And that's why when they get into stuff about her being the mastermind of all this, I'm not sure how much I believe that. Uh, maybe she did have the original ideas. I I think Nick Prugo was really the one who ran with what she was doing and, and pushed it to more people. But uh, she feels bad most of the time. The way she talks about it is that she takes a lot of Xanax and... When she takes that Xanax, there's a relief of, you know, the pressure that she normally feels. Like, she feels decent once she takes some Xanax. And that's the first step in in any cycle of addiction is when you take some outside substance and it makes you feel decent. Once she takes the Xanax, it leads her to uh, engage in behaviors that she normally would not engage in so like these uh raiding celebrities houses and of course you know xanax is basically like 
it will make you feel less inhibitions. It's like if if you take Xanax, it's basically like being really drunk, but without feeling the drunk part of it. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like everything you feel that causes you some sort of anxiety, it's going to go away. And she is definitely somebody who feels a lot of anxiety in her day-to-day life. And part of taking Xanax is to get away from that. And it fits in so well with her going in and and robbing these celebrities where it's something that she would not normally do. uh, But she wants, she gets something out of that, that there are also some bad things that come from that, that the Xanax will suppress. So you, you do that thing that might have some consequences, but you don't feel you do it and it relieves some deep, you know, uh, a sense of unfulfillment that you have for whatever reason in your life. And she does it because of that. And it works for a time, but of course the way that substances work, uh, you suppress that feeling for a little while you do whatever you need to do, uh, or you think you need to do. And eventually once the substance wears off, you start feeling that feeling again, where she's feeling like, okay, you know, she, she describes herself as a follower who wants to pretend to be a leader. There's a feeling that you feel that's like a hole in your heart or in who you are. And there's something you partake in because it relieves that hole. And as soon as that thing wears off, you know, maybe you get a sense of you get a sense of relief after doing that action of whatever you've done, whether it's theft or alcohol or coke or whatever. Uh, you feel good after doing that thing, but eventually that feeling goes away and you're back to what you were feeling before that. And it's kind of like, you know, you've started the cycle over at that point where you know that there's a certain thing that you can do that will make you feel good. So you go back to do that thing and it just kind of keeps happening over and over again. And that's really where I think the difference between her and somebody like Roy Johnson is, is because a Roy character is doing that for some deep seated ego issue. But a racial character is doing that to try and like substitute for some other hole that they feel on their heart. And it never works out. Like she's very honest throughout the documentary, but in the sense that like she does get caught in a lie where they talk about selling some of the things that they stole. And she at first denies it. She says, Oh, I never sold anything. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's any of that. And the documentary like the filmmaker asked her oh so what's that venice beach thing about and you can see her kind of like piece it together in real time of like oh well okay you know uh i guess i did sell something at that point in time but it's it's the exact opposite of the roy johnson thing where he's always in control he always understands that like everything that he's accused of doing he can spin in some certain way for her, it's a lot more like you can tell she feels guilty about some things. And the only reason she hadn't spoken up about it this long is because she didn't know how to. You know, her mom was a lawyer and gave her the instructions basically to be like, you know, don't say anything yeah, yeah. at all because that's all going to be turned against you. 
And, you know, it, it came out to be a Sofia Coppola film. And uh, I think she's a decent person. Um, there's a bunch of other shit in that documentary. Um, the, the, the big... <laughs> The big fucking reason of why they didn't get of, of of anybody in the bling ring of why they didn't get convicted for maybe the crimes they should have gotten convicted of is that uh, the lead detective on the case, uh, he actually accepted a paid role as a consultant on the Sofia Coppola film, The Bling Ring, back in 2013. And as soon as he fucking did that and didn't tell anybody about it. It it fucked up all of the prosecutors' cases, man. <laughs> like it's Holy so freaking ridiculous that he blew all of that shit up. He, you know, they had basically all the convictions they could have wanted, and the case only fell about like it only they only got caught because Nick Prugo, who's a fucking bitch, uh, he ratted everybody out basically wow he snitched on fucking everybody so my like minor take here the documentary is about three people it's about rachel lee it's about nick prugo and it's about alexis something or other uh alexis she could not she she was like already a reality star and she could handle reality star and she could also handle infamy uh Rachel Lee, I don't think she could handle fame or infamy, and that's why she didn't really say anything about any of this. Nick Prugo, he could handle fame. He could not handle infamy. He wanted to be the good guy, and so he snitched on fucking everybody, and that's the only reason that anybody got caught is because Nick Prugo snitched, dude. This dude's a fucking bitch, bro. I fucking hate that guy. Jesus <laughs> like, yeah, Christ. Get the gunshot out of like... fucking Nick Prugo. <laughs> yeah sorry i get confused on which they are but uh yeah no that dude snitched on everything and there's a part in the documentary where rachel uh she's talking to nick and they they were good friends before any of this and they're talking and she's like hey like shit's getting fucked up and it's looking really bad but I will never betray you. Oh and my god. You don't know how much of that is Rachel Lee telling her own story because she is already established as a liar by this point. But I would be on the more believing side of it and then like apparently the day after is when Nick snitches. And it's fucked up because they could have gotten away with all of it, bro. Like, they could have gotten away with it. There was no way to catch them for this kind of shit, dude. They could have gotten millions of dollars of theft from some fucking celebrities, and it would have all been fine until Nick Brugo snitched. And that's why Nick Brugo is one of my least favorite people in history. Uh, but, you know, they got caught. Uh, there are some fucking terrible-ass explanations from some lawyers that are working on the case. Um, where somebody was working on it before it got passed off to a different DA. And, you know, she was talking about how, oh, this wasn't a drug-motivated crime. Uh, it looked like these people just, they saw that these celebrities had these things and they didn't want to work hard to get it. And, uh, you know, they just took it. And, you know, I wouldn't be 
you know, I'm not, I don't care about celebrities, but you know, when, when Snoop Dogg came by to, to film gin and juice in my neighborhood, uh, of course I got his autograph where it's like, okay, you fucking piece of shit. Like you don't, it's, it's, it's that, that's not even what it's about for you. You, you gave up Snoop Dogg because that's somebody that you could still seem cool accepting that autograph, but you're a fucking piece of shit accepting fame, just like all these other people. So that person, that first DA, uh, or or attorney or whatever. Uh, that's my least favorite person in this documentary because that person's fucking see through as shit. And I disagree with like everything she said in this entire documentary. And I hope she loses her job. Uh, the other DA person, uh, they seemed a little bit more down to earth about it. And uh, my favorite person in the documentary was like a press guy who kind of compared the whole thing to like a uh, compulsion like a, like an eating disorder or something where it doesn't really matter how good you have it. It kind of matters what you're seeing from other people. And I think that's a lot more about Rachel Lee's story. Uh, that's kind of all I have on the notes about this documentary. Um, I think overall it's about a 6 out of 10 documentary if I was going to give it a score because there's some awful artistic choices, like I said earlier. Uh, there's there's no reason to kind of like flip this shit into like a standard definition lo-fi Instagram kind of filter. Just distracts me. I listened to uh, I listened to an EP. We're gonna do the EP first. Um, this is a this is an EP called Stegosoro by Stegosoro. Uh, there is no song uh, called Stegosoro on the album. I'm fucking. As soon as you sent that one, I was like, okay, this is either gonna be some like really intense metal kind of shit, or it's gonna be super cutesy kind of shit. So uh, I saw it was like Midwest emo. So I'm like, this is cutesy shit. <laughs> this is a this is a. Uh, a pastel art of a, of a stegosaurus with punching ba- punching gloves on and like sneakers uh, shooting a fireball out of his mouth and uh, the background is purple. Um, you know we we had Latin America get their get their Midwest emo mix. I listened to this. I thought it was gonna be English because I saw the first song was Jap and Kaz, a real tasteful song there. Uh, it, it's you know I listen to this I'm like this ain't English, and this isn't Spanish either, but it sounds Spanish. Motherfuckers in Italian, it, <laughs> they're making Italian Midwest emo now. The internet has done such great things for society, and uh, you know I I think uh, I think they hit the the YouTube core pretty well. I think a lot of the 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 general I think the best aspect of this is that there's the math aspects of the uh, of the progressions of the of both guitars are pretty good, but the lyrics and the delivery are ass. I think the delivery is pretty ass. It's the, there is no range whatsoever. Uh, it's like these guys listen to two songs on on the YouTube core mixes and uh, are trying to emulate that. I don't think there is any uh, you know real experimentation to be done. They're they're making the sound to make the sound. 
and uh, that works for probably three songs, but the other ones, I'm just like, eh, I don't really, I don't really get what's going on here. Um, Jap and Kaz, good song. Uh, shit, I fucking clicked off. Um, Strege, that one is abs- is great for being a little bit softer and a little bit uh, of a shorter two, just over two minutes. This is the one I ended up putting on. Uh, and I would say that Van Houten, Van Houten is probably the sleeper pick for being a pretty good song too um otherwise i don't think that there is any uh you know really this is a midwest emos album to be made on the youtube core mixes and it's an italian and uh this album is on a this album is on a list called cover art i either love or fucking hate and uh no, I don't really think I love this, but it, you know, I could see someone putting it there. I kind of fucking hate it. It's it's pretty ass. The the tail is spiky. You know, there's there's some good dinosaurs that have good tail ends, like the uh like the one like armored dinosaur that's on four legs, uh that has like a a mace at the end of his tail. Like that dinosaur is fucking badass. And that's uh, not a stegosaurus. No, that's not a stegosaurus. It's not, it's 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 a quadruped, and a stegosaurus is a is a biped. Is well, probably probably a like a probably like goes back and forth from being a biped and a quadruped. But no, the the fucking uh, you know what? I'm gonna do it. Quadruped, quadruped dinosaur with mace tail armor. Oh, let me find Bam. the shit before you. Yeah, ankylosaurus. Ankylosaurus, ankylosaurus. is okay, badass. Yeah. That dinosaur, you are not eating that thing. You are not punching that thing. That <laughs> thing is spiky. That is a armadillo of a, of a porcupine of sorts of dinosaurs. Who wants to get towards that? Not me, bro. That thing will kick my ass. Um, that and the notosaur. The notosaur is more of like a swimming dinosaur. Those dinosaurs. That's that's the best we got. And if you're a fucking T Rex twelve year old, don't even talk to me. I'm not a fan. Uh, I do like the Triceratops, though. The Brachiosaurus. Fuck! Oh, I I eat trees for a living. Hilarious. Uh, become a real dinosaur. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Two point five out of five. <laughs> Dude, I do like the Ankylosaur stuff. That's a good. That's a good. This guy's fucking awesome, man. He's my favorite one. Not even close. Not. I mean, pterodactyls. I will say pterodactyls I got a soft spot for because they're different. Man, they fly and they steal shit. Like I would love to fly and steal shit. Like did you ever did you ever play that like uh, Jurassic Park Game Boy Advance game from like two thousand? Yeah, fucking whatever. terrible. <laughs> it was yeah, a fucking game. bad game, dude. It's a really you, awful game. Whenever you die, uh, and uh, I used to be great at the fucking pterodactyl breeding farm level of that game, but. Uh, Whenever you die, oh, yeah. the main character he makes that noise. It's like, <laughs> is this the one where you're like, a, it's an arcade shooter and you're shooting stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that game was actually a lot of fun, dude. I uh, it's I, fun, that but pterodactyl like, breeding, like when you're in the the half sphere, the parachute. Cage. No, well, I don't, there's 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 I don't know. There's one where you're like in a parachute and you're like. Trying to dodge all the different pterodactyls, or whatever, and you get like the exclamation points on the screen. He goes, duh, 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 and you're like, "Fuck, I gotta dodge that guy!" And the further you go through the level, the more those like exclamation points get like closer together. It's like duh, 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 on your left, duh, 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 on your right, duh, 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 on your left, duh, 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 on your left, and you're like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck!" Okay, I gotta figure out how to navigate through that. 
that was fun. I like that. That was fun. So the one I'm thinking of is the arcade game where you have like a physical plastic gun and you're shooting shit that is coming towards you. No, that was in that. a that was in a pool hall that my dad used to take me and my brother when we were pretty young too, and uh, that shit was a whole lot of fun. That was like you know, ar- as far as arcade gaming, that like you just kind of reminded me like that was a really fun shit that I used to do with my dad when we were like super young. Uh, arcade gaming like that, especially shooting fucking pterodactyls. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? Yeah, no, I I remember that, but I'm thinking a little bit more of the uh, Jurassic Park Three Island Attack game, which got terrible reviews. Uh, but I think I might have played this. That cover is familiar. It's generally not a fun game, but there's like certain stages of the game that are pretty fun. That what is that dinosaur with the big like fin on the back of? The, I think it's just called Spinosaurus. What's your opinion on Spinosaurus? Uh, Do you think I mean, he's better like, than a Velociraptor? Well, they they have different uh different different goals. Like Velociraptors were a lot more uh, uh collaborative, uh, but the Spinosaurus was a little bit more like, oh, I'm fucking badass. And I think in like the third Jurassic Park movie, the the T Rex actually like kills the Spinosaurus. But, oh yeah, he kicks his ass. Yeah. This is pretty. I, I don't know. I don't really mind. I remember the Spinosaurus was a boss in the uh, in the game that I was talking about. He was just fucking. Uh, you had to kill the Spinosaurus before he slashed your face off or something. Uh, that one's like ringing a bell. He was definitely a villain. Uh, yeah, as far as I can remember. Uh, Nobody ever liked the Spinosaurus. I don't even fucking like dinosaurs that much. Fucking please tell me about this <laughs> other album that you reviewed. <laughs> So the other one that I listened to was uh, called List One by Pej 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 Pejas. I don't. It's fucking. It's some Polish bullshit, bro. He's from Warsaw, so I I don't want to be too mean to him because Warsaw's been through a lot. Uh, like what? This what is the fu- what the fuck's Warsaw been through? <laughs> uh, this is an album called List One. That came out on September 28th, 2023. I got primaries of ambient and Balearic beat. This is another, it's not a bullshit genre. I think this is a real thing, but it's, it's basically like kind of an IDM kind of thing, but like it was uh, more like, electronic DJs who were working and uh, developing things in Ibiza in Spain around the late 80s. Uh, They came up with like a more chilled out uh, EDM kind of music. So it's kind of that. Uh, But it's also down tempo. That's the secondary genre we got here. And uh, Pesjaz Peshaz, whatever, uh, got somebody who came onto my radar. Uh, one, because they're from Poland. And look, uh, Poland, in my opinion, has like the best music of all the European countries that I found. Uh, they have a lot of great jazz music that started in the late 60s, and they've continued on with that. But they also have a very vibrant electronic music scene. So 
whenever I see Poland is coming out with something, I get excited. Most of Europe, I don't give a fuck about because like we'll fuck just just talk American. But uh, Poland, they got their own shit going on, and I respect them for that. So list one came out uh, this past week, and you know, I mean. I listened to that first Pesos album of Stanti San Lata, uh, which I absolutely said wrong. Uh, that was my 2018 album and my album a day project. So I was like, okay, I will pay attention to this person going forward. And I don't know if it really paid off. Like this is the, I don't want to say it's one of the least interesting albums I've listened to all year because I've definitely listened to way less interesting shit than this. Uh, but it's still not very distinct to me. Um, it's about 47 minutes, and basically the whole B-side is built off this whole song, uh, Barwa or Barva. Um, I don't know. I I didn't I didn't catch the vibe on the first listen. Um, I still got to add a song to the playlist, and if I did, I'd pick Septi, which is the second song on here. Um, I think this is all like very good beat music kind of stuff, but is it anything that I would uh, want to revisit come end of the year? No, but no, this is not that. I mean, it's a solid listen if you need some some kind of new music to fill your time and you want some electronic music for that. Uh, but this Pesas, uh list one, I give it a three out of five. I think it's like good enough stuff, but don't uh, don't commit more time to it than you have to. Um, so I would say uh, little known fact is uh, I've been advocating for for Polish supremacy at my work lately. Like really? In an ironic, in an ironic way. Because I, I feel that Polish people uh, really get the, get like kind of fucked in uh, in Europe on a lot of policies because they, they are really providing a lot of labor uh, towards, towards a lot of European stuff, especially in Germany. Um, but as a country, they're kind of, they're just kind of fucked. And, uh, I think the one thing that going for them is that they they are uh, you know the birth rates are high, they're they're producing a generation of of good people, and uh, you know supposedly supposedly not really good people but like they're they're producing a they're 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 still they seem like a country that wants to like have some sort of a good era you know after yeah, being seem like decent for, people. Yeah, they seem like he's. I don't know. They like. <laughs> they like want to have an era like where they don't get fucked with once every like hundred years. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. So I'm. Uh, I'm kind of rooting for him. Uh, mostly also because uh, I, I. I am like pretty heavily Polish. I don't think I've ever said that before, but. But yeah, like good good percentage of like probably ninety to ninety five percent of me is Polish and German, and. Uh, yeah, I'm just advocating well, for, for Polish supremacy at my work because everyone is like British in a way because like that's where all the Mormon people are from. Anglos. 
yeah, they're all Anglos, and I'm just like, no, they're like fucking, what, what do you guys do? Polish people, Polish people clear you guys, so it's not even funny, and uh, it's yeah, that's it. That's that's what I got. I want, I want, I want a full review of uh, Christoph Kometa's Astigmatic next week. That You're is getting essential it. Polish music. Essential is it over Polish two music. hours? No, it's like a fucking forty-minute record. Oh, okay, I could do that. It's jazz. You you fucking send it to me. What the hell? I'm I'll listen to it. Okay, shit. Yeah, I'll send that to you. Awesome. Uh, no, nah, but but for real, like, yeah, this one sounds kind of boring. Like Balearic beat. That's, decent. That, I was gonna say a meme genre. You did not kind give it like your genre. words. Your words are mi- are are missing from the review. Like you're like most is boring and blah. Three out of five. Bam. Uh, t- I mean, like you, if you want some shit that's like gonna take up, you know, it's 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 a decent lesson, man. It's it's legitimately a decent lesson, but it's not, you know, like I'm I'm generous. I'm very generous in the scores that I'll give. Like that's where I said like a couple weeks ago, for something to get less than a two point five for me, it's gonna actually be like offensive. Like I gotta actually have like a serious problem with it. So something like this where. I don't. I don't have anything against it. It's like decent beat music. I'm good to give it a three out of five. Like it, it, it accomplishes at the very minimum what it went out to accomplish, but it doesn't do anything more than that. Like it's not something that I would really say somebody else should listen to, but it's it's still a solid listen, you know. Yeah. I uh. So my my album that I have uh, listened to. The uh, the one album that I've listened to this week is also from a uh, for kind of forgotten European country. This is uh, Approaching Mountains, the album name Lay, the third of the band's work. Uh, Did you the... get laid on this album? Did you listen to this album and get laid? At times? Like only a couple times? I, I could feel a musical lay. There were times that I felt that this was flying in the zip code, flying, strafing some of some of Hecker's like eight out of ten stuff. High there praise, are, fucking high praise. There were times that I thought that this was going to really hit some massive highs. And it did. I'm going to say Weeping and Radiance. If you are not, if you listen to Weeping and Radiance, a four and a half minute song, and you are not getting very, very strong vibes from both Radio Amore and um, the one that was right, Harmony and Ultraviolet. That's actually right after. Um, that's you, you're missing the point. This is this is some of uh, this is. Genres of electroacoustic, ambient drone, subgenres of nature recordings, Lithuanian folk music, post-minimalism, and Saturnus, which is a fucking folk mu- vocal folk music from northeast Lithuania. <laughs> fucking hell. That's my favorite subgenre of total <laughs> masturbatory bullshit. Um so I will say that the highs on here are What's Left of Light, Weeping and Radiance, Masophonics, which has a nice um, 
There's a nice little, uh, I want to say that's a trumpet that is coming in near the end. Um, there's a little nice, light, nice trumpet that is, uh, you know, adjacent to the tune of, of kind of a long drone that's pulling into a, a new secondary background stuff. Um, there is another song on here. I think it's OK Mice Boonim. Boos, sorry, Okai Mes Busim, uh, which is which has some like really good vocalist work from a from a background uh, female Lithuanian artist that is doing some like light kind of s- stringing a song along with her voice and um, with an ambient overtone. I think it really works. Is there something yeah, that you want the, to say? It's the ambient OK computer. I wouldn't say that. Um, there are there are some pretty there are some pretty deep lulls with this album too that I was kind of uh, kind of upset about because when I first listened to the first five songs uh, or five or six to seven, I thought, "Wow, this is going to be you know this is really good." It really tails off um, to being just heavily more ambient and not aggressively experimental that I thought it could have used after the fifth. Yeah, fifth song. Uh, I think de facto drone is a little bit too simplistic for me. Um, this is like pain. De facto drone is like painfully ambient. This is like a new genre where you feel something can happen, but it doesn't in an ambient song. And you're just like, I'm listening to empty space elevator music and I'm like waiting for something interesting to happen. And it just doesn't. Um, I will go back and say that Aerial Time Reverie has some really cool um, different instruments. Uh, there are a whole shit ton of meme instruments that we have not talked about before. Um, the biggest one that I see is a skudashie, uh, which is a which is just literally a pan flute. Uh, not sure that every day, bro. A pan flute, yeah, I like yeah. pan flutes. Uh. Um, there's an Ozargus, which is like a Nordic fucking horn that you just blow into. Uh, there is a Daudiets, Daudietes, D-A-U-D-Y-T-E, which is the Burzum horn. That the Burzum horn has a real name. Who would have known? On the, are you talking about like on the Philosophy cover? Yeah, of course. You know, it's the okay. Burzum cover. It's, it's that big <laughs> instrument he's holding. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Um, the djembe is a is a type of drum. Not really interesting. Uh, the kankless is a. Uh, I actually did not look up the kankless or the burn. Oh, the kankless is kind of like that sitting sideways uh, string instrument that you kind of pick at. We, we we've talked about before. Kind of like a harp, but it's like sideways instead of vertical. Uh, you know what? We might have talked about that on this show. That, that that's getting that's like getting way too close. I'm like, dude, we absolutely like a lap steel guitar kind of thing. Exactly, it's exactly what it is. Okay. Uh, and then there's a burbian, uh, which is a I'm not sure. This is a this is a wood clarinet. That's the this is a weird ass instrument. Uh, this is like a wood recorder with an end piece that is not an end piece uh, uh an outer piece the reed is like ceramic but the outer piece is too this looks like a recorder fuck it you know that's a recorder um yeah, 
I think that there were like it's actually kind of frustrating because in what's left of the light, you are gonna hear a very sparsely put um little mini solo of an alto saxophone, and you're like, Oh, this shit's gonna cook. And they just leave the kitchen. <laughs> God damn it, no. And they never touch the saxophone again. And you're like, bro. <laughs> he just walks out of the kitchen. Um, <laughs> he puts the spices in. He's like, that's it, bro. That's all. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> he just puts the eggs in the bowl, doesn't mix them, walks out. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the highs are really high, but the lows, uh, especially Cursus and VL184. And maybe Fear of Synthesis, but not really. Black Smoke Above Trees, both parts are pretty good as an ending track. But at that point, I was like so almost put to sleep that I was just like, wow, I wish I heard this in a 30-minute album. Because a lot of stuff on here is really good, and it hits a lot of highs. Uh, even Ignited in a Field of Bright has uh, parts that I'm that I'm really feeling, but... It, it just paled in comparison, especially on first listen, because I listened to Weeping and Radiance, and I was like, holy shit, we're cooking, and then it doesn't. So I'm giving this a three out of five. Um, I think that's pretty on par. I don't feel one way or another about it being too high or too low. So, um, yeah, I put that on the track, and uh, there's some other good stuff on here, too. I, uh, I just wish that there was a little bit more extra, because if this could have easily been a four out of five, with like two or three different adjustments. But Kesara, oh well, that's all I got for this one. That's some shit all yeah. I mean most music sucks. That's that's my big takeaway for this year. I'm gonna so, like... control F Tim Hecker this page and I'm getting one out of three. And there are three unique reviews that say Tim Hecker. Um yeah, man, we need some we need some new electroacoustic drone uh, influences in this genre because I think that this is like very similar to shoegaze. Uh, one artist has just blown the fuck out of everyone else, and it's kind of sad because now like no one else wants to get into it, and it's very evident in this reviews that I can just control F, and of the six reviews, three of them mention his name verbatim. Uh, yeah, please, someone else start making this music because we can make more good stuff. Doesn't just have to be Tim or Tim. Like train people how to make music. Fuck. Yeah, we'll we'll get it. We'll get a John making that music pretty pretty soon enough. But uh, I'm 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 feel pretty fucked up. I gotta call the show now. Just, <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I can't. Can we get the gunshot? Can we get the fucking? <laughs> you online. You've lost one shot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Bruh, <laughs> this man's finished. <laughs> Holy shit, goodbye. <laughs>